0: Welcome to Generational Wealth MD's podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Balatandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. Thank you for being here today. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review hope everyone is doing great. I wanted to hop on today and talk about all things short-term rental, right? We're going to talk about the advantages, the disadvantages, what costs you to short-term rental, and how you get started, and how to actually see if this makes sense for you in your portfolio. So let's start off with why short-term rentals. And for those of you who have been in this space, you've probably heard a lot of people that you work with or a lot of people on the groups talk about short-term rentals a lot, especially since the pandemic. And it's been kind of crazy, but there are a lot of reasons why everyone is almost um, jumping onto the short-term rental ship. And we're going to talk about the, the most important, pertinent reasons why that's happening. And You know, for most of us, um, the reason we're investing in real estate is because we really want to get to financial freedom and we want to accelerate to financial freedom. And short-term rentals are one way that you can really add momentum to your financial independence journey. And the reason is because with short term rentals, unlike with long term rentals, all of a sudden, when you get started, even in this crazy hot market, you are able to have significant cash flow from day one. Um, And so when we're talking in terms of numbers, and we're talking in terms of return on investment, um, we typically talk about cash flow as cash and cash return, which is where you're taking cash flow, um, you're dividing it by your initial investment, expressing it as a percentage, so you're actually seeing what your returns are. And when you talk about short term rentals, all of a sudden, now instead of seeing anywhere from 2 to 8% in terms of cash on cash return for long-term rentals, you're suddenly seeing up to 30 to 40% cash on cash returns if um, you have a short-term rental that you're self-managing, or uh, upwards of 15% in terms of cash on cash return when you have a property manager. So all of a sudden, instead of getting, say, um, a few hundred dollars to $500 in cash flow every month from a property that you would see with a single-family, long-term rental, you're suddenly able to see anywhere from 2000 to $10,000 in cash flow from a single short-term rental property. And when you actually think about that, what it does is that it really supercharges your, um, your journey to financial freedom, right? All of a sudden, you're seeing this life-changing cash flow come from one single property, and that could mean that you can cut back your time at work if you wanted to go down to part-time. Your spouse may be able to do that. So suddenly it's able to give you the freedom to make choices differently. Right, um, so that's one of the biggest things, right? The cash flow that you're seeing with uh, short-term rentals is is suddenly significantly higher, um, and it can it can transform the way you structure things. But um, another big advantage of uh, investing in short-term rentals, and if you're doing this right, right, so it has to work with a strategy. If you're buy, you could buy it given uh, its location and the market that's in. You could buy the property as a, um, a vacation home, and then all of a sudden you're able to get. Mm, Um, owner-occupied financing, but more importantly, you could put in lower down payments. So instead of saving up 25% for a down payment on a long-term rental, that's an investment property, all of a sudden you're able to go in with a 10% down payment, which means for some of you where A, you're trying to spread your money out, really leverage uh, yourself and try to get to financial freedom faster, that can really help. And for those of you in, you know, with a lower initial down payment where you're struggling to find the money this strategy can make a lot of sense in terms of um, having the money to purchase your first property and also in terms of getting a higher return from that property right Um, so that's another pro uh, advantage of investing in short-term rentals and then uh, a big one where i see this is where i see the the biggest you know transformation in terms of what a short-term rental can do for you is that suddenly when you buy a short-term rental if you decide to self-manage it and we are going to talk a little bit about self-management of short-term rentals we're going to talk a little bit about the criteria you need to meet to be able to take advantage of this but if you are active in your on your short-term rental in that year that you purchase a short-term rental right it doesn't have to be forever for a certain period of time if you're doing that all of a sudden you're able to consider that a business and you're able to create huge losses from depreciation, and we'll talk about it more in detail. But what you're essentially able to do is you're able to shelter a significant portion of your clinical income, your W-2 income, um, you know, or any other earned income that you're making. So you could shelter hundreds of thousands of dollars of your income from taxes. And when you put that into perspective, what it essentially means, and we've had members in our community do this, uh, you know, members who've been in the Creating Generational Freedom program, they uh, start off with one short-term rental. That's the first one they're, they're doing. They usually pick something that they can have some personal use with. So it's not just an investment property. It's also a place where they can make memories and that they can use themselves. So they go in and they uh, purchase a property, put a down payment on. One of our members did this. Uh, he put $35,000 down. know, used the 10% financing, got a short-term rental, had a lot of fun rehabbing that property, making it their own space, and then, and then listing it. But because they were active in that um, short-term rental in the first year, they were able to shelter, I think it was close to $120,000 of clinical income from taxes in the year that they purchased the short-term rental. And so what it meant was that the post-tax dollars saved, uh, they were able to save close to, the post-tax dollars saved was close to $52,000, which was significantly higher than their initial down payment. And they were ready to take that money and just keep growing their portfolio. So, so many advantages to a short-term rental, things that you don't really see with a long-term rental. Now, in terms of those tax savings, if you were to do that for a long-term rental, you suddenly need to meet certain other criteria. So you actually have to be spending more time in real estate than any other profession or any um, any other source of income that you're, you're generating. So you have to be spending more time in real estate. You have to be spending at least 15 hours a week on your real estate portfolio uh, or in a real estate trade or business. So many other um, hoops to you know jump through. But with a short-term rental, very easily, people who are just starting out are able to effectively use the strategy to generate that cash flow that makes so much more sense and um, they're able to save on, um, save their clinical income, shelter their clinical income from taxes, which for high income owners can be, can be huge. Right. So yes, this is so amazing. So why isn't everyone just building a portfolio of short-term rentals? Like everything, when you have higher reward, there there are also uh, you know, downsides that you need to consider, at least in terms of risk mitigation. So let's talk about, a, talk a little bit about that. Right. So um, in terms of, what the cons, or you know, what things you need to take into account when you're considering investing in a short-term rental? The first thing I, I always say is think about the amount of time that you're willing to put into it. Right. Most typically, a long-term rental portfolio, you're easily having a property manager on there, and you can be completely hands off. They're possibly charging ten percent, um, you know, in terms of their uh, property management fee. With a short-term rental you know, it can be close to 30%. So a lot of us may, can, may want to self-manage those short-term rentals. And so where with a long-term rental, and, you know, guys, I always say this, if you're spending more than two hours a week on your real estate portfolio, be it long-term or short-term rentals, then there you really need to tap into more efficient systems. So, you know, you shouldn't be spending more than that. With a short-term rental, um, you know, with a long-term rental, hopefully you're spending maybe 15 to 20 minutes a uh, week oh, a month on your portfolio and that's how you have it structured. But with a short term rental, you may decide not to have a property manager in place. You may want to do it yourself. You may want to like at least the first few weeks, even if you're self managing and you have systems in place where you're only spending, um, so sorry it's like life happening around me my cleaners and my gardeners but uh with a short-term rental you you know even if you are you get to the point where you're only spending two hours a week on your portfolio self-managing the first few weeks may be a little more hectic because you're furnishing it and you're you know you're listing the property so you may be a little more hands-on with a short-term rental and that's where that you know, effort reward uh, spectrum uh, comes into play when you get higher rewards, you may be putting a little more effort into it. But again, um, especially if you want to tap into those tax savings and you really want to in the year that you're acquiring it, maximize your tax savings, you know, you've got to put a little more effort into it. But the point remains that you could easily have a short-term rental where you could generate upwards of 15% in terms of ROI annually just from cash flow. So 15% cash and cash returns are higher even if you have a property manager in place. And um, and then ideally, you're buying in the right markets to do that. Right. And some of our members also choose to purchase short term rentals that are already furnished. So they're not going crazy with furnishing it and getting an interior designer involved. So there are ways around it. But again, um, when you do that, you lose out on the tax saving. So it's uh, you know you get to pick and choose what makes the most sense for you. But you need to start out with that in mind. I always say start off with the end in mind. How active do you want to be? Run the numbers according to that and make sure it makes sense for you and for your lifestyle. Right now, the second thing with short-term rentals, um, in terms of you know planning ahead of time before you get into it, is uh, understanding um, regulations. And this is really important. We've had members who choose not to stick with the typical short-term rental markets or they want to explore a different market. They start putting in all the hard work only to realize later on that there are um, restrictions in terms of what can be operated as a short-term rental in a a certain sub-market within a certain neighborhood. So I always say when you're starting out and you're trying to pick markets, make sure you're completely aware of what regulations are in that market. That's in terms of of the city, right? So you can call the county clerk's office and you you can um, try to understand what the zoning regulations are. Also in terms of HOAs, um, and this is more of an issue in metro markets when you're trying to invest in a short-term rental where there are a lot of residential properties because obviously they're trying to protect the residential properties and the interests of the uh, residents. But you want to make sure you really know what the regulations are before you go in, right? And then the other thing is, again, it's that spectrum where when you get higher returns you're obviously assuming slightly higher risk and with short-term rentals the risk comes into play because short-term rentals essentially are a business right so and that's why you're able to get past the realistic professional status the criteria you need to meet for that the reason you're able to easily qualify to uh, get your tax savings from depreciation on your short-term rental is because it's considered a business and therefore it's not you know housing like a long-term rental so whenever you have economic um, downturns um, generally in the market if there's an economic recession you may see a drop in revenue from your short-term rentals that happened during the beginning of the pandemic because everything was shut down um, and, and that could happen every time you have um, economic uh, changes. And that's something to keep in the back of your mind, and which is why it's just important to run your numbers conservatively. So those are some of the, the things that you, I, I won't call them really disadvantages, but things I think you should keep in the back of your mind when you are considering a short term rental. And that needs to go into you're strategizing, right? Because the first thing is strategizing even before you pick a market. So all of this—how much effort you're going to put into it, the regulations, understanding the risks, running numbers conservatively, knowing all of that—is um, really important before you you pick uh, the market where you want to invest in short-term rentals, right? Okay. So we talked about what are the 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 amazing benefits of investing in short-term rentals. What are the the things that you really need to be cautious about when you invest in short-term rentals? So now let's go more into The logistics right so what exactly is a short-term rental now um it's classified differently by different people but what we are most concerned about is how the irs classifies short-term rentals right so the irs says that any property where your the stays the average guest stay in that calendar year is seven days or less that's considered a short-term rental Right. Um, and there is a second criteria, which I don't want to get into because I don't want to uh, confuse too many of you. But if you have if you have a 30 day stay, it could be average guest stay less than 30 days as long as you're providing substantial services. But doesn't apply to most of us. For most of us, it's going to be um, an average stay of uh, guest stay of seven days or less for that property to qualify as a short term rental, according to the IRS. Now, when it qualifies as a short term rental, I remember I said you need to if you want to take advantage of those tax advanced tax strategies where you're using losses from your short-term rental to cover or to to shelter your clinical income from taxes, thereby paying lower um, income taxes in that year, you would need to meet certain criteria. That's called material participation. And so when we talk about losses in a short-term rental, it's important to remember that these are pseudo losses, right? Your property is generating cash flow, high cash flow, and uh, your property is not losing value. If you're buying it right, the value of your property is likely increasing over time it's in a strong market that being said uh you can still take something called depreciation on real estate which is a, a paper loss where the irs says over time you can um show a loss of, you know um so we consider a building basis of your property and the building basis without considering the land is depreciated over time um, for a short-term rental because it's considered a business it's depreciated over 39 years and when it's depreciated over 39 years every year you get to take a certain portion as losses in year one you have the ability to um to really supercharge those losses and accelerate those losses and take a large loss and that's what you hear people talking about when they say i got a short term rental and i was able to shelter a hundred thousand dollars of my or two hundred thousand dollars of my clinical income from taxes um, and i was able to save more than my down payment right that's what happened so they're using depreciation they're using accelerated depreciation to be able to do that though you need to meet criteria that's called material participation There are seven criteria for material participation. You only need to meet one. I'm only going to go over the top two criteria that most of our members use to be able to uh, hit material participation. You either spend 500 hours in that calendar year on your property If you're ready to make 2024 your breakthrough year, I welcome you to join us at the free virtual Physician Freedom Summit in March. The mission of this summit is to help more physicians become financially free and live life and practice medicine on their terms. We have an amazing lineup of more than 12 physician speakers and thought leaders with collective communities of over 100,000 physicians and over a billion dollars in assets under management. Some of these speakers are seven and eight figure physician entrepreneurs who are changing the way medicine is being practiced, and many of them are physicians who achieved financial freedom in their 30s and 40s and are now helping other physicians do the same. And I'm hoping that through this summit, they will inspire and motivate you to grow your passive and passion income so you can practice medicine on your terms. You can register for free today at generationalwealthmd.com summit. This is going to be epic and I cannot wait to see all of you there in March. say that you're actively involved in your short-term rental business therefore you're eligible to take those losses against your earned income or you spend a hundred hours on your property in that calendar year but you're spending more a hundred hours or more but you're spending more hours than anybody else on that property so that includes your property manager that includes your cleaner you need to be spending more time on that property managing it than anyone else right so if you meet either of one of those seven material participation tests and i talked about the two most common ones then you're able to generate losses uh, from your short-term rental that saves you money which you can then use to grow your portfolio and accelerate to financial freedom right so that's the, uh, the the nuance the way the irs looks at it and the criteria that you need to satisfy but uh, apart from that another important thing when you're thinking about this is to pick the market that makes the most sense to you right so you're going to be thinking okay uh what kind of short-term rental market do i pick and remember there are different kinds of short-term rental markets and for all of you a different market may make sense I always say if you're picking a market if you can have some personal use that makes sense because then it's not just a financial decision it's also a lifestyle choice and you know it's all about building those bonds so if you can find a market where you think you would be using it that would be great but apart from that there are three main criteria for short-term rental markets the first one being our fly to markets right so that's like Hawaii Orlando where people fly to these destinations and they tend to be great markets. But typically, when there is an economic downturn, those markets tend to be the ones that get hit the most often, because people aren't taking expensive vacations where they're flying to, to those destinations, right? The second category is your drive to destinations. Now, drive to destinations are destinations where, you know, it's close to a metro market, uh, people drive there easily within two to three hours, so that's like, Blue Ridge, you know your Panama City Beach, Destin, Florida. Your beach destinations in Florida, the Smokies, where um, you know those are your typical uh, driver destinations, which are very, very popular, and especially during the pandemic, they do, did really, really well. And then the third category is going to be your metro markets, right? So a metro market is where you have like a city, like Bakersfield or Houston or Dallas, and you have short-term rentals in those cities. In, um, you know, they've done really, really well also, uh, especially since Airbnb, uh, you know, has, I think 2015 is when Airbnb started taking off. Um, so many people now, especially since the pandemic, want to stay in, even these metro markets want to stay in those uh, short-term rental spaces as opposed to hotels. So those are the three different kinds of markets, and you can pick and choose the one that makes the most sense to you. Apart from personal choice, I always say pick markets that are really strong, where there are good uh, regulations already in place, so you know that that when you get in in there you're uh, you're not going to be challenged if the regulations change and then um, a lot of our members uh, within the creating generational freedom community they like picking metro markets and I like metro markets too and the reason is when you're picking a city where you have a short-term rental it can generate really good cash flow but you also have an exit strategy so this is like a two-edged sword right if you pick a metro market there is a possibly a higher likelihood of regulations changing that being said regulations do change in vacation markets also but with a metro market you have an exit strategy and i always say if you are picking a city uh you know a regular residential you know uh, proper city um, as your market for a short-term rental you can uh, i always suggest running numbers uh for long-term rentals also to make sure that it functions well as a long-term rental now uh so those are the three different kinds of markets you fly to markets you drive to markets and your metro markets and you pick the one that makes the most sense to you, right? Um, and always make sure you start off by understanding what the regulations are and making sure the regulations that are in place and the ones that are uh you know proposed and are predicted to come into effect are favorable to you Uh, remembering at all times that the irs considers any property with guest stays average guest stays of seven days or less to be a short-term rental you want to make sure you're going to be able to do that successfully and uh and then in terms of running numbers so how do i well i picked a market now how do i know if this, this this market makes sense if this property makes sense for me that's where uh you and you know if you have a property manager who works primarily with short-term rentals, they may be sending you uh, their own spreadsheet. And all our agents who work in short-term rental markets always do that. They should send you their numbers, but I always say you're better off running your own numbers. So for those of you who are thinking, how do I run my numbers? Uh, I have, uh, you know, uh, if you go to the resources section of Generational Wealth MD, there is a free short-term rental calculator that you can use to run numbers and the only everything else is, is mostly into is, you know very intuitive the only data that you really need before you can run numbers for a property for a short-term rental different from a long-term rental is going to be your um your adr which is the average daily rate and your occupancy right? So these are the two numbers you need. AirDNA and Pfizer are really good sources to grab this data. So you can just go onto AirDNA, put the property address in there, go to the rentalizer tool and uh, make sure you have the correct number of beds and baths in there. That's something you need to do. And then look at the ADR and occupancy, take that and then plug it into the calculator and run your numbers and make sure that property makes sense. Now for short-term rentals, uh, at least in our community, we like to see uh, anywhere from Upwards of 20%, definitely, and most people see 30 to 40% in terms of cash-on-cash cash return, which is your ROI from just cash flow uh, in a given year. You want to see that uh, when you're self-managing the property. And then if you have property management in place, you have to plug those numbers in. Um, it can be anywhere from 15 to 30%. You still want to cash flow at least uh, about 15% because you are putting a little more effort into it. right? So it makes sense. You, you value your time. So you want to make sure the property functions appropriately. Okay, so that's it. So we talked about the nuances of uh, short-term rentals. We talked about the, the the pros and the cons. Now, the question always is, should I invest in short-term rentals? And um, I say... I- you know, I really honestly feel that for most people, there is a place for short-term rentals in their portfolio. For most of us, you know, it could just be a, a short-term rental in an, in a portion of your home, in an ADU that you have. It may be a vacation home that makes sense for you that you can use with your family. But for for most people, especially when you're starting or scaling, short-term rentals really help you because they give you that you know life-changing cash flow. Uh, you know, seven. Some of our members have generated seven to ten thousand. A month in cash flow just from one property and this is cash flow after all expenses are deducted so you know it it can it can really really transform your financial freedom journey you have the ability to leverage yourself up and you know for those of you who've heard me talk before leveraging yourself increases your returns and really helps you scale faster as long as you're responsibly leveraged most of these short-term rentals are single-family homes where you're getting long-term fixed debt And so if you can put 10% down and and really make those numbers work, that's just beautiful. Um, Then you factor in the tax savings again, that, uh, that is, I, I always feel like if you can keep money in your own pocket and keep scaling your portfolio, that is just amazing. So you have the ability to do that if it makes sense to you. Right. And then, um, like I said, if you are someone who's super conservative, and you're still finding it hard to make that decision, you can pick a metro market to, uh to, you know, to have your short-term rental in. A lot of the teams that we work with, they work in metro markets also, where you property, your property functions really well as a short-term rental. But if at any point, and, and, and then we have property managers who help manage it also, right? So you can be as hands-on or hands-off as you want to. But if at any point you want to, convert that to a long-term rental the numbers would make sense as a long-term rental office. So you have an exit strategy built in it's not for the really conservative uh people out there you know you could you could still use the strategy just be creative about it and and this also helps all of those who are thinking markets are crazy interest rates are going up like crazy how am i supposed to make the numbers work this is how you make it you you pivot you use different strategies right um i was talking to someone today with the same questions and i said multiple strategies using you know advanced tax strategy so you're boosting your returns on the other end not really you know and waiting for the cash flow to catch up because over time your cash flow is going to increase because of inflation so you can use the tax strategies and you can use something like short-term rentals with the higher returns or you can combine the two and combine a rehab into that and for add value and force appreciation but there's so much you can do to strategize around generating um again those significant um cash flows even in this market right Uh, but again importantly when you're starting out make sure you understand the regulations make sure you know what your path is going to be you may be willing to put in the effort this year but you may want to shift strategies a few years from now so really know where you want to be and plan accordingly. Um, members within Creating Generational Freedom, they use co-hosts. That's a way to be a little more active and control how active you want to be in your portfolio so you can still get, uh, take advantage of those tax strategies. Some of them use property management from day one, uh, but they just wanted to be hands-off and still get that high cash flow without really tapping into those tax strategies. And some of these teams that we work with, especially you know the, the agent works with these property managers and interior designers who help you furnish the property without really going crazy over it right even if you don't you don't really care about design so many ways to do it and i want you to just open yourself up to those possibilities but more importantly you run those numbers right use the calculator again it's uh generational wealth md the website if you go to the resources portion there are, there's a calculator for short-term rentals there's also a calculator there for long-term rentals. so if you want that to be your exit strategy and you want to make sure the numbers make sense for both run the numbers for both make sure it, uh, the numbers make sense be conservative in running numbers and always double check the numbers that are given to you because i've seen people manipulate the numbers multiple ways so it's always safe to do, run your own numbers but again i just want to say end with um the fact that so many people just like you physicians who really are just starting out have after joining the program within a, a month locked in short term rentals that and i've seen them over time they've generated like I said seven to ten thousand in cash flow from one property right and this is like an average over the time frame right not just in the in in those peak seasons They're they're doing it comfortably with that lower down payment while sheltering um, hundreds of thousands of dollars from taxes so yeah can it be a game changer yes it can be a game changer and you get to pick and choose how much effort you want to put into it, how much risk you want to assume. So like everything else with real estate, even within the short-term rental space, I've noticed that it's not just like a one thing. You get to pick even within that, which kind of submarket you want to be in, how conservative you want to be. So hopefully this has given you guys a lot of ideas in terms of how you can use short-term rentals within your portfolio. And I'm excited to see what you guys do within the next few years. I hope you've been inspired by this episode and are ready to take action. Your feedback means the world to me. If you found value in what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a review, and follow the podcast. And if you really liked the episode, share it with a friend. Your ratings, reviews, follows, and shares not only motivate me, but they also help others discover the show and join the community. So please share your thoughts. Let me know what you liked and even what you'd like to hear more of in the future. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. And until next time, take care.